2: Wisdom and empowerment.
0: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh oh. Uh oh.
0: Erin Addison.
1: On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to your Monday. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and Jay Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Um, we're excited. I think. We're still working out some of the final things, but I think tomorrow we'll um have video mm-hmm. associated with the with the program. Uh
0: oh. A real uh. Yeah. There's <laughs> look, <laughs> there's a, look, once there's you start a lot that, I mean it's like,
1: every day hey. that there's a lot that I just <laughs> really appreciated about just doing radio and just doing an audio podcast. I I have to admit, um we're all family here unless of course you're not then you know listen in uh, but there are just some days where you just don't you know you know what i mean <laughs> yeah right yeah, you know everybody yeah, understand you yeah, just because you're like you know what who can see me nobody really <laughs> you know nobody cares and and so but now um that we're going to be doing something different here and 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 people have said you know you guys have a video you have a
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, and so here we are
0: <laughs> um
1: but but we'll see. You'll, you'll get to see that I, I, do, I do drink coffee um, on I occasion don't. at 2 in the afternoon, central time. <laughs> um, I just, it's sometimes just required, right? Uh, right? I used to drink, man, I used to have an IV of coffee when we did the morning show. <laughs> I don't know it why just, you act like
0: it was hard to get up in the morning. Like, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Guys. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> I, I married an early riser. And so I married into that madness. That's not my natural inclination <laughs> to get up early in the morning. I just will say that. Um, but now you, you you find a little bit of joy in it because you're just trying to beat everybody else up. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just because the house sounds it's the different best time. when it really is. It really is. I was late, but at least I got here. Okay. <laughs> so, um, anyways, um, yeah. So, so that's happening tomorrow. So just keep keep looking for that. Um, today's show. Today's show. So on. Friday, I think it was, no, 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 maybe Thursday, we talked about the, and let me give a disclaimer, because I'm going to discuss some information that may just be a, a tad bit unsuitable for younger ears, um, and so, just parents, I just want you to be um, aware of that. I'm going to talk about the conversion video, okay, uh, that we talked about with the San Francisco Gay Men's mm. Choir. Yes. Um, our <laughs> chorus, I think. That was and, and so, spooky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So do you remember when we talked about this, I alluded to the very real possibility in, in some ways, I would say it was my expectation mm-hmm. that it would be said that this was satire, mm-hmm. that this was a joke, that this was, you know, and, and you remember I said, and it would be funny if they weren't doing this, right? right. Like if, if this were not actually happening Um and, and if it were not a part of a stated goal, a stated goal and a right. stated aim. right? And so, you know, I want to, I, I don't want to wear people out um, by referencing my sources. But I do think that, you know, when we can, mm-hmm. we should cite our sources and, and, and we should, you know, be very clear about yes. where we've gotten our information. Yes. And so I am going to refer to After the Ball yet again. Mm. Because uh, <laughs> this... When Christians have been accused of sort of uh, falling victim to this kind of made up out of thin air belief that that homosexual activists have an agenda, Mm -hmm. that they have stated goals and objectives that they are actively moving toward. When when Christians have said, yes, this is so um, Christians have been told that they are psychotic, that they're crazy, that they're paranoid, right? And so it's been, it's been labeled a tired trope of sorts. Oh, just there you go. And so the, the position, and I'm going to share with you a Yahoo story, and then we're going to refer to the book after the ball. But the title of today's show is uh, Conversion Therapy, Three Decades of a Powerful Campaign. Hmm. Conversion Therapy, Three Decades of a Powerful Campaign campaign you see today when we have the conversation about so-called conversion therapy and where it should be banned um christians automatically start feeling like oh but you know i don't know maybe we shouldn't you know um help people who are admitting that they have unwanted same-sex attraction Mm -hmm. because it's been called conversion therapy right right when what you're really talking about is a person who's saying i really don't like these feelings that i'm having Um, And in particular, you're talking about Christians who are saying, I really don't like these things that I'm having. And um, what's more, uh, the Lord condemns them. How can I be free of this? So there are people who walk with other people through this process. Right. Yeah. But the real conversion therapy mm-hmm. has happened with a high hand for the last three decades in this country, and nobody's talked about that. Mm. Like nobody's nobody sought to ban that in some states, right? Like nobody's gone on a campaign. No one's, you know, gone to Congress and said, Here are the effects of the conversion therapy campaign that has taken place in this country for years. Nobody's talked about it that. So celebrated. I want to talk about it today. It's celebrated. Yeah. It is celebrated. And in, in fact, it's not even really seen as a conversion therapy mm-hmm. campaign. It's just seen as normative. Yeah. That we're all sort of like on this continuum of discovering our sexuality. So when we finally arrive at the place where we know that we're really homosexual or that we're really, today it's popular, trans, like, so when we arrive at that place, it's not even really considered being like a convert, it's really considered like discovery. Mm. Because, you know, for years we'd always been told that we were closeted homosexuals. That's why we are so buttoned up about this. But nevertheless, here we are. So the San Francisco Gay Man's Chorus um, had a song about converting children. Now let me say this right off the bat. I feel like I don't need to say this, but I know that for the people who are looking for a reason to accuse Christians, um, this is going to have to be said. We who fear God, who want people to come to the full knowledge that there is forgiveness of sin, right, do not wish harm to anyone. In fact, the Christian position is turn from your sin and live. Mm. That's the Christian position. It's, it's actually the opposite of wishing harm to someone. To actually wish harm on another person is for the, the Christian to be quiet. It's for the Christian to be silent about what we believe that that is wishing harm. So if you have a Christian friend, let me just tell you right now, if you're listening in and you're not a believer, if you have a Christian friend and they just hang out with you and they never talk about Jesus, they never talk about what he has secured for them and what's available to you, you can pretty much sum it up that they don't care about you. Just, you can just take that to the bank right now because any Christian who really cares about the person that they're in relationship with, mm-hmm. that they're in friendship with will tell them the truth about what Jesus Christ did for them because they want them to have that same thing. So but the person who can't be bothered to tell you that doesn't care a whole lot. And I would encourage you if you are not a Christian and you have friends who are Christians, but they never, you know, bother you with their Christianity, you should ask them why. You should ask them if, 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 if they think that you're worth sharing their faith. With you. Now uh, think about that. And, and just kind of make a mental shift there. I'm tired of the fact that Christians. Are accused of being unloving. When trying to share truth. Yeah. What I would tell you is that it is unloving. To keep truth from people. So now let me say this. This is the disclaimer. It is wrong. To threaten people's lives. It is wrong. To wish ill. Hurt or harm on people who obviously are in desperate need of forgiveness. It is wrong. But I read this Yahoo story over the weekend, and I thought, well, this is exactly what I suspected would be the case, that with the amount of pushback that this song got, you heard it on this program, the amount of pushback that this song got, that the response would be, it's a joke, people. It's a joke. I, I mean, <clears throat> that's, right. that, it's almost like, of course, that, that's what, okay. So here's the story from Yahoo. Um, A message from the gay community performed by the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and posted to YouTube last week starts out defiantly, quote, You think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives you can't respect. Here's the article I'm just reading here for you. Then it gets downright satirical. We'll convert your children. Watch the article here or listen. Teases one of the soloists, (laughs) it's a parody of an old anti-gay narrative before adding, quote, will make them tolerant and fair. It's just a joke, folks. It's just a joke.
0: You don't joke like that.
1: No, you don't. No, you don't. And in fact, you enjoy a certain amount of freedom and that you're you're not going to be discovered Mm -hmm. because it's just sort of like, eh, people are over it. But in this case, I have to say, people are not over it. There are people who are like, I, have, I, I, I don't even care, right? But they're like, to say that you are going to actively convert children. I mean, some people have called that wicked. Back to the article. But not everyone got the joke, surprisingly. Hmm. Mm, not everyone got the joke. The video, which was posted just before the July 4th holiday weekend, went viral and was then lambasted by conservative media. Hey, guys. <laughs> What's up? That's us. Uh, for its child-focused theme, even prompting death threats against the vocalists, according to the director of the chorus, a man by the name of Chris Verdugo. In response, the chorus removed the video by setting it to private-only mode. Again, I've already given the disclaimer, and I'm not, I'm not going to even go so far as to say, oh, I don't believe that there were not death threats. There probably were.
0: Yeah, I believe there were.
1: You know, I mean, look, there probably were. But I'd be, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk to the Christian who engaged in that. Yeah. I'd like to talk to the Christian who engaged in that. Now, remember, we define our terms. The Bible-believing Christian who was able to support death threats, book, chapter, and verse, against a person who you probably are certain does not know Christ. Back to this article. Quote, it was a difficult decision because we are, an organiza- we are an organization whose mission really is both artistic but also activist. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. So, wait. <laughs> so <laughs> was it a joke or not? Right. Like, you're, you're, you're an organization that's artistic but also activist. And, and your song is claiming... To convert people. That sounds like activists to me. Uh, it's a little activisty. <laughs> Just a little bit. But Mr. Verdugo continues his quote to Yahoo Life. We are the first gay men's chorus on the planet. We are a social justice organization.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, they gotta put that in. Oh. <laughs>
1: come protect ding, us, ding, black ding, ding, people. Ding. Hey, everybody hey, hey. <laughs> Blacky Moes, oh, come here and, and come help us. Mm. Okay? Guys, oh, I don't care. All right? I don't care. I, I Wow. Look, let's just, let's... Do that in for <laughs> good measure, you know? Chop, chop the log and watch where the wood flies, okay? <laughs> it's gonna, you just slice it down the middle and just watch where it falls. So right now, this is sort of like a, this is a, you know, last ditch effort to get everybody who can possibly be on my side on my side. We are a social justice organization. Well, right there at that moment... <laughs> Every person who exists under the idol of skin color Mm. comes to their aid. Oh, Mm -hmm. wait, did somebody say social justice? And then the white people who feel guilty. Oh, did somebody (laughs) say social justice? (laughs) Are there any black men in the gay choir? Yes. Oh, protect them. Guys, it's all all working together. It's all in the same pot. Just all Mm -hmm. mixed up to mess with your emotions, to manipulate and to control you. And I'm so over it. I'm so over it. We are a social justice organization. Continuing with this quote here. So it's very difficult for us to decide to take down the video. But the soloists, who are not in the chorus, but in their own right, are rising Broadway stars, have received death threats, end quote.
3: Hmm.
1: Now, that's wrong. That probably happened, and that is wrong. But you know what's uh wronger still if you can say it. <laughs> more wrong <laughs> I won't say more wronger um <laughs> to target children
0: yeah yes
1: and it's not just in people's heads either this is according to the playbook I'll make my case when I get back stay right there Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio
3: Never comes to an end. And it all, you won't let me it time time again. Your
1: Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will, and that's Faithful by C. Micah and P. Lo. Jetson.
1: I love people, so I tell them the truth. Yes. Oh, I love man. people, Yeah, so I tell them the truth. That's not always easy. No, it's not. It's, it's difficult, very difficult. Um, back to this article, this Yahoo story, the uh, San Francisco men's chorus, the gay men's chorus, um, making the video private that we shared with you last week about uh, converting your children. Uh, saying that it was a joke, but that it was not understood. (laughs) Mm. Back to the article. The controversial song was commissioned several years ago, several years ago, by the Oakland Symphony, a heterosexual organization, notes Verdugo. Um, Maybe a little bit later on why that's important. It was picked up as part of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus Program after the artistic director heard it performed and loved it. The chorus had performed it in public several times before the pandemic, and it was always well-received. Releasing the video recently as part of a series was just a way of keeping up engagement in the absence of live performances. Listening to the words of the song, it's clear that teaching tolerance and fairness is the true message being delivered by the popular chorus, which was founded in
0: 1978.
1: Mm. Um... So the, the interesting thing to me about this is that it's sort of like um, it's it's, you know, it's the broad shouldered I'll do what I want type thing. And then when that person is challenged, they kind of cower down like, oh, I can't I'm believe it. Yeah, exactly right. It's the cowardly lion. <laughs> you know, it's the cowardly lion. If I were the king of the forest and yeah. and and then, you know, when Dorothy bops him on the nose, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's like, oh,
0: <laughs> I mean, but the problem is there's just certain things you don't. Play
1: no, you don't. Like you don't. Um,
0: right. <laughs> I mean, unless
1: you know. unless you really think that you're right. Unless you right. really think that what you are pushing is right. Okay? And or unless you are actually doing what you're saying that is a joke, but but you're actually doing it. Yeah. Um one news now ran a story back in 2006. And and I just I just want this is just for your consideration. Put this in the category of the file folder uh, for your consideration, okay. One News now ran an article back in 2006 where it linked to a different story from um, a San Francisco news outlet that was talking about the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. I, I just want you to just put it just for your information, mm-hmm. okay? Just for your information. Again, this story, this article is from 2006. All right, and listen, I'm going to read a little bit of it to you here. Um there is a common saying backstage before the curtain rises on the San Francisco gay men's chorus. I sing for two for each man standing. One chorus member has died of AIDS Mm -hmm. a quarter of a century into the, into the epidemic. The list of the dead is longer than the living. There are 210 singers and 257 obituaries. As AIDS devastated San Francisco The gay men's chorus suffered some of the city's largest group casualties. Quote, if AIDS never happened, we'd be two or three choruses by now, said Bob Emery, 77, who is among the four active members left from the original 1978 roster and has been living with HIV for 26 years. Today, The development of new medicines that make it possible for AIDS patients to live relatively normal lives has brought new hope to the brigade of men who make up the chorus. Now, only a couple of its members die each year of the disease, only two a year of the disease. Yet the sorrow will never leave their souls. I'm just reading this article to you here about the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. The stories of loss and grief are painful and told through tears. Longtime chorus members speak of weekly memorials. Listen, guys, of planning their own funerals and of watching dozens of their friends wither to skeletons Mm. in an atmosphere of national indifference. At every rehearsal during the 1980s and the early 1990s, there were announcements about who was in which hospital room and when the next memorial was scheduled. But remember, we'll convert your children. We'll convert, we'll convert your children because Gen Z is gayer than Grinder. Remember, right? And so then when you start to hear this and you become alarmed as a parent because you actually see them doing this, then all the, it's a joke. It's a joke. So we would, we would joke about making converts to a lifestyle that just a few years ago, we were lamenting the loss of life because of this lifestyle. But we are not allowed to talk about that anymore because now we have therapies that allow for, and which by the way, I already mentioned that these therapies are being pushed to your kids in school via comprehensive sexual education Mm. that you can engage in risky sexual behavior because we've got meds now to help protect you. Meds now to help you live a life that you once could not have lived because of being HIV positive or having AIDS. So these are the things that in America, and because people are conditioned to keep quiet, they don't talk about. They just we we just now are supposed to have moved to a place where we can't talk about medical information. We can't talk about unless we're talking about COVID shots, medical history, right? <laughs> HIPAA. <laughs> but for some PIPA, it doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> some some of them. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Sometimes no. I'm just, I just, guys, like when, when, when do we just get to say, look, I, I, I disagree with that. Yeah. I want to talk about that and, 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 and not have to run and filter everything that you say through the accepted narrative. Yeah. Like, when do we get to that point? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm at that point right now. Right now. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I agree. I agree with you. Lamenting. The loss of men dying as a result of HIV AIDS and talking about, you know, for every member we have two deaths and and, and, and you know, but now that just slowly fades into the background. Mm. You, you you come out of graffitiville mm-hmm. into airbrush land.
0: Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly.
1: Where anybody who would even say, man, I'm concerned that if my kid would be involved in this lifestyle, that Mm -hmm. there would be certain risks involved, which, by the way, as I presented at the conference, Mm -hmm. when they talk about comprehensive sex ed and this is pushed on your children as normative, they actively vote down, including the risks associated with this behavior. Mm -hmm. They actively vote down in the comprehensive sexual education curricula yeah. including the risk the health risk information your kids are not allowed to know
0: and they've done a great masterful job of sanitizing all of this stuff because what you're reading is the reality <clears throat> but they but they put together a song with all these guys who look like they're ordinary people And we just yep. you know and but they have sanitized what really happens come on in the destructive Nature of what this is, you know, and they've done a good job, along with the media and everyone else to make it look like something that's, you know,
1: is harmless. Come on. And look, and, and, and so masterful has the job been that even our discussion of this is hateful. Hmm. Even right. our discussion of this right. is, is triggering for some people. And it seems insensitive to talk about health risks, to talk about what's at stake. But let's talk big picture, though. Let's let's go back to um, the assertion that it was just a joke that um, homosexual activists are not working to convert you and your children. Because remember, in the song, um, the man says that he will convert your children and the children will convert their siblings, their sisters and brothers, and then eventually they'll convert you. Remember, I mean, those those are the lyrics in the song. Like, let's not pretend that that's, that that's not there. As eerie as it is, let's not pretend that those lyrics are not there. And, and they're not there by accident. They're there because that's the aim. And people say, well, Miki, make the case. Um, okay, well, let me do it then. Because I, I've already given you the background on the book after the ball. Because when they, they say it was a parody, talking about the gay agenda, there's no gay agenda. I hold mm. it in my hands right here. Mm. I hold it in my hands. Oh, yeah. All right, This book written in 1989, mm. it's, it's the playbook. Okay, and and in chapter two, on page one fifty three, when they talk about their methods for for reaching their aim of helping America conquer its fear of its fear and hatred of gays in the nineties, <laughs> okay, subtitle there. Um, there's a section on da 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 conversion, mm. da, da da conversion, page one fifty three. And and you know what's remarkable to me about this? What's remarkable to me about this? is that I, and I I mentioned this before, I actually listened to, I think it was like a 2013, 2014, somewhere around there, Mm -hmm. Um, Hunter Madsen do um, an online interview about this book, where he joked it off, like, yeah, I mean, it was just, I can't believe some people actually took it seriously, like, (laughs) that's funny. It's it's funny to me (laughs) that when people respond, it's like, that was, I mean, that was a joke they they went to a lot of trouble to write this full length joke like they i mean subpoints and research and data and 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 graphs and pictures and all of this stuff in the book and and but we're but it's not real so here it is here's the not real section here's the joke section on conversion it's not real it's a joke there there are no aims to convert people all right right there's no there's no there's no <laughs> homosexual playbook. There's no gay agenda. So all you people get out of the public square and go home. So here's the joke section, Uh, chapter two, page 153, number three, conversion. Listen carefully here. Desensitization aims at lowering the intensity of anti-gay emotional reactions to a level approximating sheer indifference. Jamming attempts to blockade or counteract the rewarding pride in prejudice, you do a little play on words mm-hmm. there, by attaching to homo hatred a pre existing and punishing sense of shame and being a bigot. Mm. Both desensitization and jamming, though extremely useful, are mere preludes to our highest, though necessarily very long range goal, which is conversion. Mm. Guys, I'm not. just, <laughs> I'm just reading to you from the book.
0: There it I'm is. I'm just reading
1: to you from the book, guys. You can go look it up for yourself. This is page 153. <laughs> and now we're
0: going to make a song about
1: it. Okay. And, and, <laughs> and Because now we've gotten to the point where it's, I mean, it's really right. kind of like, you know, it's no big deal. <laughs> so we can sing about it. And then when people object, we can say it's a joke. But what you don't expect is that the people are going to go get your playbook and say, wait, but it's not a joke. You actually wrote it in your manual. Hmm. You, actually, you actually wrote it in your manual that you were, you were going to convert people. And you said that this was the highest... And the necessarily very long-range goal. You, you, you actually said conversion was the thing that you ultimately wanted. Mm. So, so, like, so we, we read that, and then so like, what do we do? Take a step back and be like, that's so funny. Right. Let me continue here. All right, so here we go. It isn't enough that anti-gay bigots, they're talking about me and you, by the way. Uh, any Anybody who does not agree is a bigot, okay? All right, here we go. It isn't enough that anti gay bigots should become confused about us or even indifferent to us. We are safest in the long run if we can actually make them like us. Mm. Conversion aims at just this. <laughs> Guys, wow. I mean, like, it's so funny. They to make us <laughs> like them, but that's a joke. We don't, we're not trying to convert people. Okay, hashtag 153. Here we go. Right. Conversion aims at just this. Please don't confuse conversion with political subversion. The word subversion has a nasty ring of which the American people are inordinately afraid and on their guard against. Yet, ironically, by conversion, we actually mean something far more profoundly threatening to the American way of life, Mm. (laughs) without which... No truly sweeping social change can occur. We mean conversion of the average American's emotions, mind, and will through a planned psychological attack in the form of propaganda Mm. fed to the nation via the media. We mean subverting the mechanism of prejudice to our own ends, using the very process that made America hate us to turn their hatred into warm regard, whether they like it or not. Wow. I'm sorry, guys. Do y'all, let me know when y'all want to rally up and start an anti-bullying campaign. Because <laughs> this is what we're talking about. We're talking about being bullied. We're, we're talking about forced conversion. This is conversion therapy, guys. And we've had three decades of it. And it's been so subtle and yet so consistent that you haven't even noticed that it's happened. Oh, wait kind of like they sing about in the song mm, bit, by you bit. bit by bit you won't even know that it's ha- <gasps> guys it's just a joke though it's just a joke it's just back to the book <laughs> put briefly if desensitization lets the watch run down and jamming throws sand in the works conversion reverses the springs so that the hands run backward. Now, listen to this. This is, this is uh, I don't know if I can have a favorite, but this might be a favorite um, paragraph of mine here in this book. The objection will be raised and raised and raised that we would Uncle Tomify, Wait, the, gay communi- Uncle Tom-ify <laughs> the gay community. Uncle Tomify the gay community. Now, let me, let me, help, let me wow. give you some background because I skipped a paragraph here so that you can understand because what Madsen and Kirk propose Is that in order to convert people, you've got to take gay people or homosexuals who look just like the anti-gay bigots that you're trying to reach. And you've got to put them in perfectly normal scenarios. And they've got to look just like your target audience with the only difference being that they're homosexual. That's Mm. the only difference. Mm -hmm. And so at the very least, you've got to cause a little bit of confusion on the part of the anti-gay bigots. Because they're like, wait a minute, but they look just like me. And they act just like me. So, so wait, why don't I like them again? You Mm. see, the the psychological Mm -hmm. warfare, okay? Mm -hmm. And so what, what, what Madsen and Kirk are saying is that what, what the objections will be is that you're Uncle Tomifying the gay community. You're turning the gay community into an Uncle Tom. Wow. Guys, I didn't write it. I'm just reading it to you.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) This is the playbook. This is why it's out of print. All right, I'll pick up with this when we get back. Stay right there.
2: Again,
1: I welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Mm-hmm. I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will, and ambassador with Nothing Like Us.
1: From the book After the Ball, published in 1989, co-authors Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen. Mm-hmm. Marshall Kirk died in uh, 2005.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Hunter Madsen, I, I think, is politically active. I forget where he lives now, um, but I was watching some videos a few years back of him, um, some campaign videos, you know, just... Yeah. Just interesting. Anyways, um, we're talking about conversion and the the, um, the parody of the song of converting children mm. to the homosexual lifestyle and cause and mission. Um, just it's a joke. And uh, what I was doing was right. I was looking at the original script for this play, right? <laughs> just trying right. to make make sense of it, the right? Playbook. So the playbook, yeah. you know. Um, and they were talking about conversion in it and how they were going to convert people. And what that actually meant and what that would actually look like. And before we went to the break, I was at the um, at the point of uh, Madsen and Kirk responding to objections Mm -hmm. that members of the gay community or the homosexual community would say that this is not going to work, which is interesting because when you read this book, they they are trying this. This is their playbook. So they do something really interesting in the book. They speak to the objections that will come both from the homosexual community and those they are seeking to convert, Mm. um, the anti-gay bigots, as they call them. Yeah. Right? Or as they they call us. Uh, So they have to speak to two objections because there are people who are saying— Based on listening to this side of the conversation, okay, when, when I'm reading this, what you, get, what you gather is that there are people who are saying, listen, all of these techniques are not going to work. We're never going to be accepted. We're just going to continue um, living our high-handed life mm. and, you know, just you know, just being what we are. Yeah. And um, Kirk and Madsen were tasked with, or they felt the burden, that they should say, listen, just try what we're saying. Just try what we're saying. So they came up with this entire play book. Of right, how right. how are we gonna how are we gonna change America? Well, this is how we're gonna do it. And that's exactly what they did. And, you know, I would like to I'd I'd like to talk to the person who would argue with me that they were not successful. <laughs> Clearly they were. Yeah. So here we go. Um they have just laid out how conversion is to take place, that you've got to take a a person who is homosexual, um, but they've got to appear to be just like the anti-gay bigots that we're trying to reach. You've got to put them in a setting, in a commercial, in an ad, in a, you know, whatever, to where the anti-gay bigots will see that person and think, oh, that person is just like me. That person is perfectly normal. And then you've got to find a way to make sure that they know that person is a homosexual. Mm. And so the, the response is like, oh, caught you liking and identifying with that person. And guess what? That person's homosexual. So you see, everything that you think is not so. That's basically in a nutshell what they're saying. But then they deal with the objections. And here's the objection. And let me read here. This is page 154. Now the objection will be raised and raised and raised that we would Uncle Tomify the gay community, (laughs) that we are exchanging one false stereotype for another equally false, that our ads are lies. And that is not how all gays actually look. That gays know it and bigots know it. Yes, of course, we know it, too. But it makes no difference that the ads are lies, not to us. Because we're using them to ethically good effect, to counter negative stereotypes that are every bit as much lies and far more wicked ones. (laughs) Mm. Now, page 155. And then let me give the phone number. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You can just tell us if you're laughing at the joke. If, If you think... That, that we've taken it too far, that we don't understand humor. Um, that's fine. You can push back on us. 888-589-8840. Um, here we go. Last little piece here from After the Ball. This is now page 155. In conversion, we mimic the natural process of stereotype learning with the following effect. We take the bigots, whenever they say bigot, remember they're talking about you and me. Mm-hmm. We take the bigots' good feelings about all right guys, people that they like, okay, and attach them to the label gay, either weakening or eventually replacing his bad feelings toward the label and the prior stereotype. Understanding direct emotional modeling, you'll readily foresee its application to conversion. Whereas in jamming, the target is shown a bigot being rejected by his crowd for his prejudice against gays. In conversion, the target is shown his crowd actually associating with gays in good fellowship. I don't know if you can understand fellowship. the difference there. <laughs> if you can understand the difference there, you can understand why the sitcoms and why the television television series and why the movies were overrun with homosexual characters mm. in just regular ordinary settings because the aim there was conversion.
0: Yeah. Normalize so.
1: It. And yeah, and it is so important for people to understand the difference between jamming Mm -hmm. and conversion. So jamming is the process whereby you see yourself as a person unworthy to live. Okay, so your people don't like you because you don't like homosexuals. And here's why, because they have come to associate you with like a Hitler. With like a Bull Connor. Yeah. OK, you, you are not acceptable in the larger society. So jamming is where you take an image of a person who um, objects to homosexuality and you juxtapose that image to a person like, I don't know, spraying water hoses, fire hoses on mm. black people. And so everybody who feels that way about homosexuals, you're the person holding that fire hose. Mm. That's jamming. All right. Conversion is different. Conversion is where you go after the heart of the person and you say, look, you like this person, don't you? You identify with this person, don't you? Think Will and Grace, come on. Look, guys, don't play. Come on, <laughs> right? Don't, don't you like Will? Don't you like Will? Come on, right? <laughs> and, and so just normal everyday life and the characters make you laugh and they're, and, and hey, and, and guess what? They're, they're gay. So now you start to shift and you're like, you know, maybe maybe it's not so bad. But see, that would work for people who don't have a biblical standard mm. because remember this is not a matter of our preference what we are saying is that God condemns this and other sin that he identifies to hell that's what we're saying and and, and and it boggles my mind that Christians somehow forget that in 21st century America they're just like calling audible and they're like yeah you know we don't we don't think it should be a sin anymore so you know yeah it's not we unsin it <laughs> <laughs> that's what they All right, let's go to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. Today's topic is conversion therapy, three decades of a powerful campaign.
0: Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Bob in Mississippi. Hi,
2: Bob. Hey, uh, Mickey and Will. Mm -hmm. Hello. Uh, You know, the homosexuals are nothing but liars and try to convert people into uh, believing things that are, are abnormal as normal. And one example of that, the, there's a game called beanbag, and they were successfully in renaming it to all these toy makers into calling it cornhole. Cornhole is a repulsive thing that homosexual men do to each other, and it's widely known for that. And now that you know they're making this game and advertising it and selling the game, and kids are playing the game corn called cornhole. It used to be
0: wow. my bad. I've, I've I, never heard that That's before. the first time I'm Thank ever you, hearing that. Wow. I, I mean, I've never heard that before. So I don't know yeah. the history of, of that. Wow. Okay.
1: That's very interesting. So I'll, to have, to, I'll have to research that, Bob. That's my first time hearing that. But, you know, I, I really hate to admit that it, it's not surprising to me. <laughs> you know, I think that there are many other things probably in our culture today that are normalized and accepted that we probably don't know the origin of and that probably has some sort of you know subversive underpinning. That's Man, true. Bob, thank you for your call. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well the great, where do we go next?
0: Let's go to Ari in North Carolina. Hi Ari. Hi guys. Hello. Hello.
1: Yeah
2: well I, well I would say this. Uh, speaking from a Jewish point of view and a scientific point of view, the universe And the laws of physics that govern the universe, all of it is sustained by the moral character of God. Mm. So the question, the the big question is, there's twofold. One, is there a God? What is his moral character? And number two, has he spoken? Has he communicated that moral character to mankind? Because if he has, then we are without excuse. Romans Mm. Mm 1.
1: Come on. Mm -hmm.
2: Now, the Torah lists, there are 613 commandments. The majority of them, uh, half of them deal with the temple. They're no longer, we can no longer do them. Our desire is to do them, as Jews, our desire is to rebuild the temple. And when the Messiah comes, we will, won't we? But the other part of the commandments, the gravest sins have a death penalty attached to them. Hmm. And what that means what the, and sounds, why is God so mean to, to impose a death penalty? Here's the reason. Because if you permit that sin to promulgate and grow in your society, it will kill your society.
3: Mm-hmm. So you're either going
2: to have to restrain that evil mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, with the greatest power of, of your authority you restrain that evil in order to keep the society alive. Mm. If you if you if you coddle that evil that has a death penalty in the Torah, it will kill your society. Hey God Ari, is let me not let, much.
1: No, absolutely. I just can I, I. I know this is probably not the focus of your call, but I just so because you you mentioned that you're you're Jewish. Mm-hmm. So have you accepted Jesus Christ? Are you are you Messianic Jew? Yes, is that what you're? We're messian-
3: Messias. Okay.
1: Okay. Right hey, on. man. I thought so because, I mean, you were, you know, you, you were in <laughs> both, in, you know, back in front. So I just, but I just wanted to make sure I just, I just wanted to, man, but let me just say something. Your point is an excellent point. And I think that when we understand truly that the wages of sin is death, that that is what we have earned, and that is what we deserve, and that we cannot, we don't have the authority to turn away from that and to say, oh, you know what, that's no longer the requirement, and we just get to kind of call Audible and to make it up. We understand that what God has set before us is rooted in his character and his nature, and I think, Ari, you've made that point beautifully. Thank you so much for calling. We're the Great, where do we go next?
0: All right, let's go to Mona in Louisiana. Hi, Mona.
3: Hey, I got my garment of praise on, praising this show in the heaven. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Mona. I hope everybody hears it. Oh, Listen, God bless you. Nikki, I'm a homeschool mom. I homeschooled two children, two girls, hmm. um, back in the, you know, 90s and mm-hmm. early 1000s. And I'm wondering, do you guys have a Noah Webster 1828 Dictionary?
1: I do not own a hard copy, but I do refer to it. You can look it up online. So I do use it. I do refer to it. Yeah.
3: Okay. I didn't know that because I don't do things online anymore. But um, I encourage you and your husband, I encourage y'all to go look up the word gay. I don't know when the homosexual stole this word from Mm. Jesus, but we need to get it back. Mm. Because gay refers to the feel, you know, when you're in church and you're praising and you can feel the Holy Spirit moving all around, that's when you are gay. Mm-hmm. when you no, have you know, that feeling, that's when you're gay. Man,
1: and that's really interesting, Mona, it, but
3: we need to get it back, Nikki.
1: Listen, I hear what you're saying. And, 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 and let me just say this to your point. This is one of the reasons, there are many reasons why I respect Ken Ham and what they're doing um, at Answers in Genesis at the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Um, the rainbow is a, would be another one of mm. those symbols um, that would kind of fall in the category of what you're talking about, that we have had these words, these terms, these yeah. symbols yeah. commandeered. Yeah. And and Christians cannot shy away from it. I, I love that the, the entrance to the ark is a rainbow that you that you pass through that. Like we don't have to be afraid of that. And, and I got to tell you, um, just to you know, just to say, um, being completely honest, that is something that I struggle with, you know, because we are we are challenged by the word of God. We are tasked. We are commanded by the word of God. To abhor what is evil, right? And to cling to what is good, to to not be affiliated or to associate it with any of the deeds of darkness. And and it takes a lot for us because our culture has been overrun and inundated with this symbol that has been taken out of context, Mm. right? And so now we find ourselves struggling with the beauty that is the rainbow connected to the promise (laughs) that the Lord made, Right. That he was not going to flood the world in a worldwide flood again, that he was not going to do that. And I just think, man, you know, to your point, Mona, that, you know, and it's it's an uphill battle. I think we had another caller who called us a couple of weeks ago and made a similar point. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know how we'll do that. If I could just be completely candid with you. I, I don't know how you um, except that you just when you're happy or you feel joy, except that you would say I'm gay. But I would imagine that a lot of the homosexual activists would would then just say, see, we told you.
0: Well, I just try to use the word homosexual and I don't try not to use gay.
1: Yeah, I learned that a long time ago actually from Brother Don. Um, Brother Don was very adamant about that and and not softening what is actually going on. Guys, listen, it is loving. Even though um, a lot of people in the medical community have turned their backs on homosexuals and will not talk about the health risks involved in that lifestyle. They're very hateful people. We are loving and we will continue to talk about the health risks. We will continue to talk about ultimately the eternity risk involved in that lifestyle. That's That's love, guys. That's love. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing.
0: God bless.